What up, what up, what up? A little bit hot, look like. <laughs> Somebody's pretty confident. Yeah, yeah, that's how I am. All right, welcome back um, to the insert podcast name here. I'm your host, uh, Maul Chi, a.k.a. J Truth, a.k.a. Maul Raw, a.k.a. Your best friend's best friend, a.k.a. your favorite rapper's favorite rapper, even though I don't rap here with. This is this is your co-host Jay Ward, aka Jay Ward, aka Jay Ward, aka Get It Done, aka No More Nicknames. And we have with us in the studio, ladies and gentlemen, a, a, a special special guest. Yeah, he's all right. He's sitting on a gold chair, which denotes how special he is. Right, right. Blues. What up? Blues, aka Blue CZ, aka Jesus Christ Two Point. <laughs> <laughs> I know we were doing a lot of AKA stuff and I couldn't come up with anything. AKA Lil Boosie in a Kappa sweater. AKA uh, here with Mal Chi and Jay Wizzy in a bottle of Hennessy. In a bottle. <laughs> we do have a bottle of Hennessy. It's it's less than half a bottle though. Welcome Blues and thank you for uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks yeah, for having yeah. me guys. Appreciate yeah. that. So um, today today we are going to talk about a couple of things, right? Um, you made that sound like an intervention was about to go down. <laughs> I was like, ah, shit, did they know? <laughs> well, um, well, uh, Blues, um, so we gathered you here today because, well, frankly, we're concerned about you. Oh, man, geez. Uh, well, first of all, I've been doing the program step by step. <laughs> I don't I don't know that you have. I don't know that you have. All right. There, there, there was that incident on Trade and Tryon Street. Last week, I don't know. So my PR person said you wouldn't bring that up, <laughs> and that's the first thing you bring up. I'm about to R. Kelly this whole shit. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I gave y'all everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all right. So yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about how poets create their own lane today. Right. Um. Among a, a myriad of other topics, including but not limited to uh, the poet of the decade. And I have a question about that, right. <laughs> but we'll get to that in, in, in due time. Uh, we'll also make our own nominations of of the decade. Um, some things that I'm interested in beer of the decade. Hotep of the decade. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, you know things like that. <laughs> and our we're gonna have a little poetic device. Uh, we're gonna talk about similes today in work. Um, and yeah, yeah. So let's get into it, I guess. And I guess we'll do a little bit of an interview. We'll talk about blues a little bit, I guess. Yeah, that's what I mean. I do that on a regular basis. I talk about blues <laughs> just regularly, just, yeah. <laughs> just in life. <laughs> Dear future guests, you will be berated on the show unknowingly, but now you know. <laughs> so, hey. step into this dungeon. <laughs> Joke, jokes on you. You're going to be like the fourth episode, dude. So, oh shit, I wasn't even first choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um. Now, Blues, uh, I guess I'll start with you. You've won, what, three Emmys? Correct. All right. <laughs> um, 
Slam Master for Slam Charlotte. That is also correct. Uh, you do you do some work with both the Hornets and the Panthers in Charlotte. I do amazing voiceover work with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess my first question is, what what does creating a lane, a poetry lane, mean to you? It it definitely means not doing what everybody else is doing. Um, so I came up in a generation where there wasn't necessarily slam for us, but it was just open mic stuff. So at the open mic is where you tried to shine or at least try to present, you know, some work that wasn't going to be the same old thing. And so we were in nightclubs after nightclubs and shout out to Mace forever. Everybody was chasing his style, um, his, his particular brand of, of, of writing and, and almost presentation at some point. But a lot of people were doing what he did, you know, aside from like maybe Q, because Q was very theatric. So he would, you know, and Q sang. So he didn't know if he was going to get a song or a poem or all three and, you know, a monologue from some August Wilson play. But, <laughs> you know um, what? Boo Q. Boo. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But for me, no one was ever kind of doing brash or funny shit. And so I knew I just, I knew I couldn't do what Maze was doing. And what Maze was doing was amazing. Like, who could do that? Like, who can do that? And then it's like, well, what can you do? So I just started, you know, approaching my view of what humor was and hoping people were like, I hope you laugh at this. If not, I'm going to look like a creepy dude. Um, So a lot of things that I thought were funny, um, some landed, some didn't, but the consistent thing I always got back was like, yo, blues is different. Blues is different. Blues is different. And I, and I've maintained that like being different and it wasn't a necessary, a deliberate, like I'm just dying. I'm today. I'm going to be so different for the sake of being, I was just like, yo, this is what I like to do. And a part of it was, yeah, I'm going to try to be different, but it was just, it just naturally was different. Um, I think one of the most, one of the most out of this world, things was one night when liquid lounge uptown that used to shout out the liquid lounge shout it's right next to the hooters uptown if you know what i'm talking about yep uh walked in one night and i was wearing a confederate flag the south will rise again t-shirt didn't explain shit i was just wearing it okay kanye and cats were like give me like yo what are you doing (laughs) i'm like Oh. <laughs> Who's this cool ass nigga? I'm just, you know, I'm in here. I'll do a couple poems tonight, and I and I did a poem about taking the rebel flag, the that flag, and reclaiming it. Like we reclaimed the word nigga. Like you know, just taking it, taking the power away from the flag, and taking it away from white people. Like literally, like you can't have this anymore. Mm. I wanted to take everything from them. Like I want your clan robes. I want that flag. I don't want y'all to have shit. So you're just mad. Like, <laughs> if the white man is mad that he's losing his stance in America today, back then I was ready to take it all. Um, <laughs> Revolutionary blues. But it was it was stuff like that that made me say, all right, poetry can be whatever you choose or whatever you want or wherever you can put it. Um, and so for me, I was th- I was starting to look at places and things that I could do poems at. Um, and fortunately. Uh, I was going to NASCAR races at the time. And then, you know, that's when NASCAR found me. And I was like, yeah, I, I dig this. Uh, let's do it. 
And that was the start of really kind of carving out a lane that where I get to work my craft into uh, major sports events and start to curtail it into corporations and working with the city and da 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 and da da da. So the lane has always been consistent. It just got wider. And, you know, if I could widen the lane, then I could get more poets to come through. Cool. So, okay, so that brings me to another question. At what point did you know or feel that this is what I'm doing? I don't need the safety net of a regular nine to five or did you know that this is sustainable um when that first nascar check came in (laughs) (laughs) when that first one came in and they're like yeah we're gonna do a lot more of these i'm like all right but that was just the sustainability part i didn't know that it was gonna be a thing until i quit my job um I was working for Bay Heckle, which is owned by Fox. I was doing the morning show for Fox News Rising. And that's a, that's a Hennessy bottle cork. Um, and so one of the newscasters got into it, like on the evening side, one of the newscasters got into it with a PA. And that's what I was doing at the time. And so they couldn't move the newscaster because, you know, Dudes on the news, on the news like, every day. But the right. PA was easy to move. So I was working a morning show, and the morning show was amazing. Although you had to be at like five something. I've got so many morning show stories. But um, it was creative. You got to have input. It was it was lively. There was always a different story. There was always it's a morning show. It has to be. It can't be straight news the whole right. time. Right, right, so right. So it was great. Um, and plus, I got off at a certain time that I could get my daughter to school. So that was like perfect dynamic for our family. Because I was the last man in, um, they moved me and the nightside PA, and it went from like it went from like having the best party of your life to your mom rolling up outside honking the horn telling you it's time to go home. <laughs> like it was like ah, get your man. ass to the car. Right. So I get switched to nightside. It's straight news, then sports, then some more sad fucking news, and then it's a rap, and then that's your night, and you're like, ugh. I hated it. Like, I hated it. And so my wife was like, yo, you know, it's kind of messing with the dynamic in the evening. If you got a plan, you should probably quit. And I was like, all right. I don't really have a whole plan, but I definitely want to quit. <laughs> um, at the time, I was I was talking to Mike Pav, who was Ring the Bell Entertainment, so I was trying to get into the college circuit. So I was working that angle, and it just hadn't clicked yet. So I quit, um, and there was like a month or maybe two where I was like floundering, trying to figure out what to do. And then Kevin Jackson from NASCAR called and said, hey, uh, I saw what you wrote in, or saw what you said in Creative Loafing. You mind, you don't want to rock, you want to do something? And Kevin <laughs> Kevin Jackson is a really cool dude. said, hey, I work with NASCAR, like for real, for real, and work for NASCAR, like I do. And at the time, I, I kind of knew what that meant because I was trying to get a job with him, logging tapes. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of NASCAR jobs out there, right. people who say they work for NASCAR. <laughs> Were you looking on Craigslist? <laughs> I got why he said that, but then there was a double down of why he really said it because he's black. And oh, right, 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 right. I don't think a lot of people believed him that yeah. he worked now because he was black. Right. Um, and I didn't know at the time he was black either because Kevin talks. I have my white voice when I put on the phone. <laughs> and Kevin has a strong one. Like, hey, saw what you did in Creative Loaf and 
you want to do some stuff? I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I didn't, I took it serious, but then I was also like, yeah, they just want me to come and right. do a little, do a little poem. Right, right, right. And hitting the booth, but nah. He geared us up. We flew out to Indianapolis and they loved it. And they were like, yo, we want to go ahead and do the rest of the season with you. And here's what we're going to pay you. And we're going to pay you as uh, first couple of first couple of shows. I was just paid as a writer, but then I was paid as like a content producer or something. I got a title. Hmm. Oh, shit. Resume builder. The title was great. So I was like, yo, this is dope. And wife was like, yeah, it's dope because you're doing it every week. So it was that money every week. Boom, boom. Right, right, right. Which was more than I was making at the the television station, which was doing what I wanted to do, which which said to me, all right, this is sustainability because... I knew how to live off a certain amount of money, but now I got a little extra. I know how to really kind of stretch all that out. Um, And then I learned that, and and anybody listening to this will can attest, Charlotte is a very small world, um, especially film and music industry-wise. It's all very connected. You can build bridges and you can burn them just as fast because it's so small. Um, And because I was doing work with NASCAR, a lot of the producers from other avenues um raycom espn and other kind of stations like that my name started floating like yo who's that guy what is he doing who's this and that's that dope. was it that's dope yeah. do, do you so so in this this line of like carving out elaine uh do you think that you specifically looked to create Things or do you things do you think that those things sought you out because of your placement and because of your work ethic or both? It's a little bit of both. Um, I didn't deliberately seek them out, but I made an I made a really strong effort and um, I made sure that the work was good and my attitude was good and my professionalism was above par. Um, and that's what brings you back. Um, your talent is one thing, but if you're an asshole, no one wants to work with you. Uh, especially if you if you think you're a brighter star than you are, you could be really good at what you do. But if you're just a dick, no one wants to work with you because while you're great, there's probably 20 people out there who aren't as good as you, but are really great to work with, and that's easier to do. Um, so while I was doing great work, I wasn't always impressed with what I did, but everybody seemed to be, and y'all y'all know what that is. You know, like, this is the worst poem I ever wrote, and someone be like that. Changed my life. But anyway, it's like it was it was it was it was putting forth the best work I could for the client, but also being better than the work, if that makes any sense. Being as a person, as character, better than the work. So while I wasn't seeking out to try to create these lanes, I did enough of the good stuff and putting out good karma. Uh, um, <laughs> shout out to the life exclusive. <laughs> To have people come and say, hey, yo, he's great to work with. You need to work with this guy. He's really great. But because what helps you is there are some people who are just terrible, just terrible people. And no one wants to work with them. And they're looking for people who are just nice right. and good at what they do. Right. So those those things, those uh, those characteristics and elements open the door up for a lot of things. Um, and And a lot of the things I did not leverage... Um, came back to me. There was like a few few moments where I did leverage some stuff. Working with Robert Crumbine, I've learned to leverage things with him. And, and by leverage, I mean, hey, 
what's coming up? Do you need somebody for this? Do you need somebody for that? But a lot of times they were just simply coming to me because I was... <laughs> I was that nigga in the city. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I was a name that was floating in rooms. And that's, I tell people that all the time. Like, what you want is your name to be in the room when you're not there in a good way. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. So, so, so for those that are listening and for myself and Maul too, right? Like, if, if we wanted to, to be in these lanes, you've dropped some serious gems so far. Right. Like, be, be a good, community member like be being known as a good person who is easy to work with right uh be in position be uh, ready right be ready um keep your own caliber of or your own expectation of your work high mm-hmm. um put out good work all the time um what else would you say i would i would definitely say um make sure that the quality of work that you do is high but also, if you recommend someone that you trust them to to carry your name. Oh, yeah. Because a recommendation is one thing. I love being a plug, but I don't like being a plug when someone says, hey, remember such and such you sent? Yeah, they sucked. That's the worst. And yeah. you're like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah, because now it's, it's, it's tarnishing your reputation. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, it's like, well... Blues recommended this motherfucker, and this motherfucker was terrible. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's all, they always remember you from the last thing you did, not what all you done from it. And that's that's the industry. Like that is the industry as a whole. There now there are some people who remember good or bad things that happened, but there are some people who will judge you on every instance. And and one of them, like I said, you can build bridges and burn them just as fast. And sometimes it may not even be your fault. But that would be one thing that I really want folks to consider, like. You can get yourself into a position and everybody can't go. Mm-hmm. Always remember that. Like as much as you want to put your team on, everybody can't go. You can get in the room and if you want to like Kevin Hart built a business around his friends, but not everybody was in the room when he did the business first. And sometimes you got to do that. You got to put the business that you're doing first. And then if they fit, they fit. If not, then they don't. And if they get mad at that, then they're not rocking with you for real. They're really not. Right. Because I feel like if 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 we're really a team, like if we're really a team, if I know my role is um in the background, mm-hmm. recording, doing engineering type stuff, and I know that I'm not going to put our team's best face forward if I'm in the room. I can't be mad when Blues is like, hey, I'm taking this meeting. I'm going to handle it. I don't need you here right now. Right. You know what I mean? And I think there's a distinction, too, between a team and a friend. <laughs> like, yeah. like a team, you, you're working towards something working, together right, and you're right. building each other up. But a friend is just, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, you also have to follow these steps. If, if I follow these steps that Blues just laid out, and I think we just laid out four so far. Yeah. If, if I follow these steps and I put the work in, then what comes from it was a result of my work. And I want to put other people on. But if they're not doing that same work, I may not be able to put them on right? because they're not in position. Right, they, they're right, not doing the work right. themselves. Yeah. I, I think one beautiful word I learned from, she was the PD at WPG at, at 98, was uh, that I didn't exploit 
my opportunity is enough. And I always considered exploit like oh, such yeah. a negative word. That, yeah, the connotation. Yeah. But in in the world that I was operating in, it was like that is the word. She was like, "You're really nice, and you come in here and you rock out." But you should be exploiting a lot more of your opportunities with people because people will do it from you and they'll get what they need and they'll keep it moving. There's no reason why you shouldn't be doing that. And it was that moment that I learned that I not necessarily like the word exploit. It's why I use the word leverage mm-hmm. um, because then you can gain opportunity and it just, it just sounds better to me. But yeah, for those of you out there rocking it in whatever world you're living in, exploit's not necessarily a bad word depending on who you're, you're working with. Um, you have to learn to exploit your situations or else you'll be the starving artist, which I think is stupid in this day and age. And yeah, I said stupid, stupid. If you are out there making good work and refusing to take money for it and you're complaining about going hungry, you're stupid. And, but and know how that go- I said it. But how are they going? How are they going to keep it real? If, if uh, yeah, you can uh, keep yeah, it real, uh, real broke, real wishing rent would get paid. Real, <laughs> real. Why they turn my lights off? Real. Oh, they're taking my car. Yo, don't be afraid to get paid for what you do because they're going to take it one way or another. Mm. And I'm not saying that you should go and fuck everybody else over, but don't don't waste an opportunity because you're trying to keep it real. I hate when people say, I didn't want to take that that money because it didn't, something, something, their vibe was off. If someone's about to pay you right. 15 to 20 grand to do what you can do in your sleep and you don't want to do it because their vibe is off, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think that's, so that's, a, that's a fifth point and like really important, this, this idea of leverage. I, I think we're, I think sometimes as artists, not only are we conflicted, so I'm not conflicted about taking money, but, but sometimes artists are conflicted about <laughs> taking money, but they're also conflicted about leveraging. I'm definitely conflicted about leveraging opportunity. I think I am. Too. I've met a lot of people, um, both on the stage side and on the publishing side, and I don't exploit that. I don't leverage it. And I should, like, I should be sending out emails saying, hey, by the way, you know, we met at such and such. I also do this. I'd love to do this for you. Like, yeah. I don't do that. And I should. That's, but, and that's lane carving. Yeah. That is lane carving. What y'all do is so exclusive and and unique to you, right? To what you do at your craft. And I wake up every day and <laughs> I say from... I put my daughter on the bus around 8.45. From 9 o'clock to 11, I'm working. And working could just be emails, following up, right. uh, sending out uh, thank yous, or, hey, I met you here. And, it's, and it's, that's, that's also leverage. So it's remembering who you've talked to, and if you haven't talked to them in a while, what you can do. Because a lot of people don't, they operate in leverage and exploitation. So what we feel is bad, they're like, oh, shit, yeah, let's do it. You ever email someone and they'll be like, yeah, I've been waiting to hear from you. Mm. And you felt like, oh, I should have hit you like two like, months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what they're waiting on. A lot of people don't know that. Like, there are people out there waiting on you to hit them up so that they can work with you. Um, I still sometimes operate in the, well... I'm just going to wait for someone to hit me. And I, I have to remind myself, they don't owe you a phone call, an email, a text mm-hmm. message, right. or a tweet back or whatever. Right, they don't right. owe you jack. Right. Even though you rock their spot, 
you got to follow up on that message. You got to yep. follow up on all of it. Like I had to follow up with Blues oh, to make sure he was coming today. <laughs> First of I, all, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said yes. Then this dude gets on Facebook <laughs> and tries to like call me out on Facebook. <laughs> And I started to be like, nigga, I said yes. <laughs> but but no, but it is that. It is that's that's a prime example because sometimes people get lost in the algorithm of things. Um and for me, I had to I had to follow up on a, on a lot of things, especially with like working with the city and uh center city partners. And you and you have to not take things personal. That is something else. Super like you can't you can't read too far into a, a message or a non-reply. Um, so a lot of people were hitting me up like, "Yo, we haven't seen you at the Hornets games." Da da da. What's up? What's up? And for me, I was like, "Yeah, I didn't even get a call back this year." Like, but I reached out. I said, "Hey, I see what you guys are doing. That's cool. You know, congratulations on things moving forward in the season." And then I got something back. And they're like, yeah, yo, we've been working on some things. We may use you in the future, da 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 um, And it's not that you have to take your ego and like put it down here. You got to rock with them for two seasons. They don't have to call me back. Right. So I can't take it personally. Like, why didn't y'all call me back? <laughs> it's me, me, me. Yo, they're running like a, a multi-million dollar organization. Right. Who the hell are you, bro? Right, like, right, right. So when I got the call back and I saw that, you know, hey, this is what we're working on. We've been thinking about some stuff, da, da, da. You also have to remember, especially working with this stuff, that you are you are sometimes a novelty. Like, spoken word is a uh, novelty sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could work it for two years and then be like, all right, we're going to do something different. That's the entertainment industry. Like, they, they move on to something different. Like, football coaches get fired every two or three years. It's not, sometimes it's not a great job, but sometimes they need a change. Yeah. Sometimes they need something different. I actually just wrote an article about, well, it was about the Rooney Rule, but yeah, yeah I, I just wrote well, it's an article off topic. about coaches being fired. Sorry. Shameless plug. No, it's all good. <laughs> Where's the article? Uh, under, under construction. Oh, under construction 10. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something about those guys. <laughs> no, no, they're dope. They're shout, out, dope. shout out, shout out, shout <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> it's cool. Like, like, let's see Darby. He'll, he'll, he'll be like, ah, this, <laughs> this dude. Yeah, shout <laughs> out to Jamal Darby. <laughs> Darby, if you know right now, I got my middle figure way in the air. <laughs> uh, oh, but it's, but it's, you know, it's understanding that you can't take things personal. Season shift, energy shifts, creativeness shifts, staffed shifts people right. get fired so the people that you work with may not be there the next time and then like for nascar they had super high turnover because producers work there for a season or they come in like kevin came in from nfl films mm -hmm. and he started working with nascar and then he was now he's working at the weather channel in mm -hmm. atlanta and there's a whole group of people that have never heard of me and i i'm like all right you guys don't know who i am uh, I'd love to do something with you. And if not, you know, maybe not. Maybe that's not, maybe like, didn't like the spoken word thing. Who knows? I can't take that personal. I can only be grateful for the time that I was there. Leverage what I've, the, the knowledge and the content that I've created to push to something else, to something different. So that was, that'd be something else that I'd add. Like, don't take shit personal. Mm -hmm. You got to keep it moving. Um, it's, it's, it's style, it's taste, it's whatever, it changes. And if you're not the flavor of the day, that's cool. You're not always going to be hot. 
You're not always going to be what people want, but you are going to be someone that people will seek out. You just have to make sure that you are maintaining and ready and keeping that professional vibe. If I'm counting right, that's six gems. Six gems. We should add an air horn in (laughs) post-production. Yeah. Um, And you know, you reminded me of something just now. Like, I I think I've been pretty good. Like when I meet people, um, I will send them a follow-up email just to be like, and I don't even have anything to say. I'm just like, hey, it was great to meet you, blah, 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 blah. But I don't follow up after that. And I think I think that's a, that's a good point. Like every so often, all these connections that we make, um, just drop a line. Just see how they're doing. If you have a specific idea, maybe pitch it. But if not, like just keep in touch with these so that, so that you're fresh on their mind. Right. When, exactly. when they think about these resources. Also, I would say, and this is this is subtle, but it's detailed. Try to remember their birthday. Try to remember an anniversary of their company. Always say something during the holiday. Like, um, hey, wishing you a happy holiday. Thanks for coming around. Hey, I saw it was your birthday the other day. Just want to say happy birthday to you. Fuck birthdays. I mean, oh, now I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Sorry. We get ridiculous from time to time. Like Jehovah's Witness right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't do birthdays, son. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so. Um, terrible transition, but I wanted to ask about like outside of financial challenges, what what would you blues or even you, Jay Ward? Um, damn, that sounded oh, terrible. It's off topic, but <laughs> like, even you, lowly peon, you, <laughs> dude, even you, guy, even guy. you, random person that walked in off the street. But what what do you feel like are challenges with pursuing being a poet, creating your own lane, and then having that work within your life? Other than like financial, I mean, I know we all have financial challenges. Seth J. Ward, he's a millionaire, but mm, pretty much, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I ain't got no challenges, son. I be knocking things out every oh, day. Man. I'm a champ. Now, um, for me, it was it was a lot. Shit. Okay. It was a lot of it was a lot of family balance. That was like one of the biggest challenges. Um, when I was when I was out on the road heavy with college stuff, it was daughters getting picked up and just household stuff that just needed to be in order and if you're a team and one person isn't there the other person has to pick up all that slack and that's just that's the balance of everything for 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 me on that much it was it's family but i mean if we're talking about the actual creative part of it i mean there's this challenge that and this is amazing uh, testament to you ward I'm finding myself, and I've heard other poets talk about, is your age, like, are you relevant? Like, how relevant are you? And how relevant do you want to be? And how relevant can you be? Mm. I can go into a college and rock for a freshman crowd. I would know what to do because I've written stuff that's not timely. It's not time stamped. But... I don't know if I'm ready to write or, you know, have the need to write something new and relevant for them right now. Like, do I want to write about Trump and the problems that millennials have and the problems that young people have? And I understand you and I get you like 
do I want, do I, can I even carry that message? Is it believable coming from me? Cause I look like someone's dad and I am someone's dad, but <laughs> it's a dad message. And you know, kids don't want to hear shit from their dad. They want to hear, they want to hear the same message from someone their age. Like, yep. so it's the challenge of creating relevant work in the, in the realm of the age that you're in. So I find myself challenged with that, like it, creating new work, but who is it for? Um, but then I fall back to my early days. Like, I think I just want to write the shit I want to write. And if it falls in the lap of people who enjoy it, then, then I'm good. And I've done, I got lucky, but if not, then I'm still good because it's the thing that I wanted to do. Um, so I, inside of that, it's like, all right, so you're creating the new work. Is it going to be sustainable for the household? Or are you just creating new work for the sake of you creating like, new work? Right, 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 right. So it's, that's kind of the challenge for me. Like, creating new work and why are you creating it? Are you creating it for the simple fact that you just want to be a poet and creative or are you applying it to the business? Like, how's that working for you? And it works different. Um, so I'm going to do something for Pride Magazine and so a couple of other companies. So there's that. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, there's, there's actual application of people who want to hire you for the thing. Right. And then there's just, you're doing your writing. Are you going to do it at a slam, an open mic? How's that going to work out? I, th I think a lot of challenges that that people see in general, which is why we were so excited to have you on the show for the, for this topic, um, is that people that are involved in spoken word, you know, poets that are involved in spoken word or involved in slam, um, it's sustainable to stay in as long as you want to stay in, but it's not necessarily sustainable financially um, no. to to stay in slam or to stay in spoken word. But there's there's people like you who have carved out very specific lanes that your poetry has helped you get to. And there's Asia Sampson, who's one of the most successful um, poets on the college market ever. And there's Bertrand Boyd, uh, who started in spoken word and was just in the movie Queen and Slim. And there's um, I can't remember her name, but she is one of the speechwriters for um, uh, one of our presidential candidates. Mm -hmm. Uh, not candidates, but uh, uh, one of the uh, Democratic. Democratic candidates okay. for president. Um, and there's also a screenwriter in L.A., and I can't remember his name either. Uh, but they all started in the spoken word genre. And there's, Get there's, your names together, Jay Ward. I know. Jeez. I know. But there's places that you can go with your talent, and sometimes we don't know where to go. And I think this is a testament to to all these things that we can find to get there, mm -hmm. to create the lane, to find the lane, to, to, to nourish that lane once it, once it gets there. So, which brings me to a question. If I'm a young poet or an old poet, <laughs> whatever, whatever. If I'm a creative, I think I like that word now. Mm -hmm. What lanes should I be looking for? Or are there specific lanes that I should look for? If I've been writing poems for five years and I want to leverage that into some other medium, mm -hmm. what are my aha moments like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can go here. Oh, I can... What, I think what that's literally the answer. Like right. you, you, you just have to look and say, "This is what I want to try to do." Um, shouts out to Kyla. Uh, I've talked to her a number of times, and she she wears Converse a lot. Kyla Janae Lacey. Yes, Kyla Janae Lacey. And I told her this was years ago. I was like, "You need to be leveraging that." 
Like, why don't you write something for Converse? Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what it is you are into. And I always tell people, what is your passion? Like, the thing that you operate in is your passion or, you know, like I operate in poetry. That's my passion, but I'm also very passionate about soccer. So I've been, that's, that's great. You need to figure out how to well, make that. What's on topic? Like the intro. Um, pour right. up, man. That's the podcast. Pour <laughs> up. Pour up. Or pull up, like, uh, pull up. like Edgar Allan Poe. Poe. Yeah. Pull Hey, we should in in the line of what you're saying right now. We should reach out to Hennessy and uh, get a little sponsor for the show. Po up, po up. up. Hey, I like it. I like it too. Uh, so anyway, so you have to to look at what you're doing, and I'm I'm heavy into soccer, so I've I got a chance to work with uh, the Queen City uh, Royals. The let them go, Jacks. Uh, a couple. Like last year, just doing something very small and low key, but uh, you know you have to figure out what it is that you like to do and how can you apply your art to it. Um, I love basketball, but I can't play for shit. Um, but it was it was it's cool. a damn shame. This dude's like six three. Well, it's on top. Six three. I'm, I'm built like LeBron, but I play like I am Kwame Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Ward. <laughs> it's on top. Uh, Shit. But uh, yeah, so it's you know it's it's taking those things that you really love and applying your art to it and seeing how that could work out. I, I was telling a group of people the other day. There's so many corporations and people out here who haven't, who have yet to use spoken word in what they do. Um, and maybe they haven't found the right poet or, you know, or there hasn't anybody who can really speak to their message or write it out, blah, blah, blah. It just depends. But if you've never heard of a poet in that situation, then maybe you're the poet to be in that situation. You know what? It's funny that you say that because at my job, my manager asked me what I wanted to go to next. Right. I didn't know because... I want to incorporate more of my writing into what I do for work. Mm-hmm. And in my company, there's not a department that I feel like I can go to where I can do that type of thing. Like basically you go from working uh, as a regular employee to like management. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go to management. I want to go do something different. What you should do, it sounds like a, consultation moment uh, <laughs> is because we're sitting in this room full of microphones and computers that have recording software and because you kind of do beats is because you should have already written something for this company there look at their manifesto look at their the reason their business model write something to that record it and be like hey i did this at the crib i want to help with branding and help with marketing in a different way Hmm. you're bringing a, a completely new idea to them that they haven't seen that wasn't on their radar. You're creating your own lane. No, uh, look at this circling around making points connect. But, but here's how you leverage your situation. You show them the Hill Harper thing that you wrote. Like I wrote that. Mm. He did that. Imagine what I could do for our company. If we get this and we get someone in to read it and I can write it. Leverage. See? Have you circled back with Hill? You should circle back with Hill. I have not. But when I first did it, I shared it social media. 
And he did respond to me. He was like, yo, that was great work. Thank you. I never followed back up with him because one, I was scared. So, so, so we're at seven now, I think. <laughs> I, I think fear, I think fear is number seven. Let's, yeah. let's address fear. Because you know what's funny about that? So when I got that opportunity, I actually reached out to Blues and I was like, hey, Blues, do you want to do this thing? And Blues was like, what I say? He was like, I'll do it, but you should do it. Mm-hmm. I was going to give it to him. And he was like, no, you do it. And I did it. And I'm glad I did. Like, yeah, that was real. That was real. Real this might rap be, raw. And this might be gym number eight. Don't be afraid to pass work off. Don't be afraid to, to give someone else an opportunity. Because that can circle back around. I believe in karma and good karma. <laughs> Shout out to the life exclusive. That's my cut. Okay. Sorry for those that don't know. So my cousin, uh, Aunt Love. He has a clothing company called The Life Exclusive, and one of his shirts says Good Karma. Oh, it's off topic. And uh, Blues has been rocking with it for a while. Shout out to Ant Live. I've never met him, but with a nickname like that, I feel like he's one of my cousins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Ant yeah. Live. Yeah. So, yeah, don't be afraid to, to, to pass off work or pass up on work if you know there's someone else who could not only benefit from the opportunity, but probably do it better than you. And you were better suited for for what that was. I I appreciated it. Like, and I know I probably I probably could have rocked that shit, but it wasn't for me. Like, right. I understood in that moment that I was humbled enough that you even asked me. But I also knew, like, yo, that's that was all you, right. and you killed that. Like, he came you. on that, and I was like, damn. Jamaro dead? Shit, me too. <laughs> I felt the same way. I was like, shit, I wrote that. <laughs> it was dope, though. It was dope. Oh, it's off topic. All right, let's, so let's transition. We're all in the same Facebook group, right? Well, one one of the same Facebook groups, Southern Fried. Southern Fried Facebook group. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I seen a post about writer of the decade. And the writer of the decade is Rupi. So much. Anybody want to help me out? Uh, no. Core. Okay. I guess that's her last name. All right. Put some respect on this name. First of all, um, I, I, I don't know the pronunciation, so I can't put as much respect as I would like on it. But I, but I need y'all to put some respect on this name. Well, this is the writer of the decade, by the way. Okay. So the writer of the decade. But in the group, to me, Okay, so first, I feel like on the inside, I'm an outsider. You creep on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So to me, it seemed like a lot of people weren't feeling the writer of the decade designation for this particular poet. And my question is, why, why, why do we hate her? I mean, I, I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody hates her. Like we don't. Okay, sorry. Don't none of us. Me. None of us know her. <laughs> but you know, I feel like there's this elite attitude that comes from the academia side of poetry towards spoken word. Uh, so it's kind of weird to see this elitist attitude from spoken word artists onto onto Rupi. It's also weird to see it onto uh, what's what's my man's name? Uh, <laughs> what's my man's name that does the the pseudo deep videos? 
Oh God, we talk about him all the time. Yeah, what's his name? Um, oh, Prince Prince. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Prince EI or was it Prince A? Prince EA. Prince EA. What? Yeah, Prince EA. <laughs> so we also have like an elitist attitude towards Prince EA. We have an elitist attitude towards Nick Cannon when Nick Cannon did that horrible spoken word video. Nick Cannon is hella <laughs> trash though. Like, that's justified. That's justified elitism. But we hear trash. All, I shouldn't say trash. We hear poems that we don't like all the time, like in an open mic, and we don't hate that person. These persons, these people are getting opportunity and fame and highlight, and we're like, "Yo, this is not a representative. This is not of, representative of, of the what, culture, right?" Right. Right. Um, but also, if we're talking about creating our own lanes, I think Rupi is representative of a different lane. Rupi is not representing spoken word, and Rupi is not representing academic poetry either. This is a whole different lane. Instagram poetry is a whole different lane, and it's a different medium. So, like when you look at page poetry, let me. Let, uh, when you when you look at page poetry, it's a different medium. So, what's successful on that medium is different. In spoken word, it's a different medium. It's still poetry, but the things that are successful that connect to an audience are different. I think Instagram is the same. It's a different audience. It's it's not even a poetry audience that likes Rupee's work, right? It's not it's not a poetry audience. It's an Instagram public audience, right. and she has learned the way to make uh, post cards. Listen, there's nothing invalid about Hallmark cards. I think that the hate is. I get it, but I think it's unjustified. I I think the hate comes from. Why didn't I think of that first? There we go. Right. Uh, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. I don't agree with her being writer of the decade because I know some amazing writers out there who write life changing work. But if we're talking about impact and a measurability of impact, then Rupee has those Instagram numbers to like what's what what Ho say? <laughs> Women live, men live, numbers don't, don't lie. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> in my research, my half-assed internet research, she sold two and a half million copies of her book. Of a book, bruh. There's a, there's a market out there for it, yeah, and and praise to her for 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 finding that market and creating that lane and right. and leveraging and following up like all the things that we talked about today, is what she did. Is what she did, and if you you can agree with it or don't, it's still a fact that she's been she's been named writer of the decade. That it's just in name. Someone decided right. that that's who she is, and I think people. The, the the moment you give that naming validation, it's when you have a problem with it. You know, when I heard that she's writer of the decade, I'm like, I don't agree with that. So I don't have to believe it. I just know that someone said that's who she was. You know, uh, it's it, like when people put out the, the top 10 list of rappers and you'd be like, first of all, where's Dylan. three stacks? And then you, you <laughs> right, just disregard right, right. the whole list after that. Unless you're Jacob Mayberry. No. <laughs> Black Shocker Black Shocker out there You know He's very passionate About his list <laughs> And he doesn't believe In Outcast, But we'll we We ain't gonna talk about that Wait uh, what No, no, no. Don't yeah, even That's a whole other podcast That's a whole other podcast But so I, I I mean I get it Writer of the decade Meh But Has she made an impact On young writers Young poets People who didn't Fuck with poetry at all Yeah and, and I think that's the point, right? Like, even when we when we look at people's top five lists in hip hop, what are the parameters? The the parameters are all over the place on all what that is, right? Over yeah, so if you're time. if you're what are your parameters for writer of the decade? If your parameters are numbers and impact, then there's definitely a case for Rupee to, to be that. And if you look at the medium, if you look at Instagram, it's about the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Not just of the person, but of the aesthetic of what it looks like in that screenshot. Yeah, it's what, about what their Instagram 
Yeah. Page is. Yeah. Right? And, and, there's, and there's an emphasis on the conciseness of that photo. Like, is it something that they can be read quickly, digested quickly, understood quickly, and have an impact quickly? And if we talk about can other people do what Rupi's done, then my, my response is very similar to the New England Patriots. Like, I, then do it. Like, if you can do it, then do it. Do it. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I, there's nobody I else. Like there's a couple of people like RH Sin or, or some people like that that are, that are having some impact on Instagram in the same way but not as impactful. I think I don't have a problem with the writer part of writer of the decade. I don't have a part of the poet part of that writer part. I think the decade might be a little much. That is like, the, the it, decade is a little bit much. That's dismissive of all that, these other people. Right, yeah, because the decade is much. So looking at, so this came from new Republic. I had to look it up. I didn't know that they did this shit every decade. Like, I researched writer of the decade for the past 30 years. I didn't realize they did that shit. But they do. What's off topic? That's that point. <laughs> Take That's a where shot. It That's where it went. <laughs> this um, is completely off the rails now. Can Since we have three poets in the house, can we talk about... Uh, can we talk about some uh, the poetic device that we were going to get into? Yes. Of, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no. I know where we wanted to go. Yes. We wanted to go other things of the decade. Yes. That's exactly where we wanted yeah, to go. Yeah, other things of the decade. <laughs> well, you never know what you're going to get here, Blues, okay? All right. <laughs> What's off topic? What is... Uh, so, what are your... God- Shit. <laughs> I can't talk. What, are you- what is your... <laughs> Poe up. <laughs> Drank. <laughs> what's your what's your southern fraud of the decade I've only been to th- I've only been to two shit um, I, me too I've only been to two I've only been to two so so, so <laughs> I've been to all of them right <laughs> So I guess this is a blues question. Uh, well, no, let me answer no, first no, because no. it's easy. But I, I only have two to choose from. Um, I only have Greensboro and San Antonio to choose from, and I'm not picking Greensboro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, right. Yep. So for those that don't know, uh, there's some there's some shady things that happen with the money in Greensboro. Uh, so I'm not picking Greensboro. So San Antonio, San Antonio was the emergence, the first time appearance for poetry lovers. The first time appearance of Drunk Jay was San Antonio Southern Fried. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've been to three because I went to Fayetteville. But yeah. My God. San Antonio. Yeah, my favorite, I would say top 10 Southern Fried for me since I've only been to three is, uh, is San Antonio and the appearance of Drunk Jay. Drunk <laughs> Jay is a thing to see. <laughs> Drunk Jay dances. Oh, shit. Drunk Jay dances. <laughs> Drunk Jay don't care where Drunk Jay be at when he be Drunk Jay. Drunk Jay. I can't even get it all out. Shit. Uh, it's a thing to see. It's yeah. a thing to see. So, so, and and uh, it was the uh, it was the night before prelims. So they had like a, a pre slam and like a pre party or whatever. And uh, everybody was drying, buying me drinks. Like everybody. I don't know. And, and it was and it was not sticking to anything. Somebody sometimes popular. it would be a beer. Sometimes it'd be a liqueur. Holy sometimes fuck. it'd be a whiskey. It was a Motley crew of alcohol. Yeah. So it was. It was. Had- you had a hella hangover. Then. Yeah, I had I, I had like two two or three Long, I, Long Island iced teas, some Italian drink, shout out Paula, and um, like beer and like all kinds of stuff, right? So <clears throat> you had a United Nations in it. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> so I'm normally, <laughs> as you know, I'm very very reserved. Like I'm very you know. Whatever. Yeah. And uh, I walked up. We'll to, say. I interrupted a conversation that Angela was having, and I walked up to Angelo, and um, and I, I said, "Come here, come here." And I, I, I said, "I want to tell you something." And, and I whispered in his ear. I said, uh, 
Drunk Jay is better than you <laughs> in every way. <laughs> and then I walked away. <laughs> Drunk Jay is cocky as fuck, bro. Like oh my god. <laughs> Oh God! Oh my gosh! Uh, I um, couldn't tell you which which Southern Pride was best, but they've all been very good and unique. Uh, the one we when uh, we went to Tampa one year, we drove. It was me, Swan, Mike Sims, uh, might have been Carlos. It was it was respect the mic and us. So we just kind of carpooled. Oh down. right, 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 right. We're driving down. <laughs> we're driving down to Tampa, and there is a town in Greensboro called Greensboro in Florida. And Swan had been asleep, right? <laughs> and so she wakes up and sees this sign that says Greensboro. She's like, we've only got to Greensboro? <laughs> Yo, that shit was so funny. Because we were like, yeah, man, we've been, we got lost. First of all, we y'all were going the wrong way. We told her we got lost and she was buying it. And it was just, it was so funny. But Tampa was great. Uh, Atlanta was was exceptionally great. Um I think every year that we went to finals is always a great year. But there was a year uh, in Atlanta where I was trying to go back to back Indy champ, and a young George Yamazawa beat me out by point one. Mm. Mm. Shout out to G Yamazawa. G. So, but he was he was on fire that year. Um, it was great. It was a great year. Um, they've all been they've all been good. It's it's been getting different lately. Uh, the more we've grown, the more we've grown into kind of a Nats kind of vibe and I don't know how I feel about that but I've only been to one Nats yeah it's a wait I've only been to I think you've been to two nope I've only been to one Nats two Southern Fries two Southern Fries yeah, yeah Arkansas and Greensboro um, but yeah they're, they've all been pretty great they've had their ups and downs and, and their hits and misses but I, I think maybe the best one uh I would almost want to say Charlotte because it was it was I didn't have to go anywhere it was here, <laughs> um, but I could go home every night. Right, but I think venue wise we we had a really unique setup because we had everything in Spirit Square, so you didn't have to walk up the road to catch a bow. You could literally just walk out of one room, go into the next one room, go into the next. So that was a very unique experience for for a Southern Fried. Um, mm, I'm thinking that was a Nats we did in. Albuquerque. It was a lot of free food. Uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, they've they've all been pretty good. I don't I don't think I have a certain one of the decade, other than the ones that we probably won. So those might be you know special. <laughs> Maybe? Maybe I don't know because sometimes even when you don't win, you have a great time. Just depending right, on where right, you're right. Like that's how I feel about Arkansas. I was on Slam Charlotte 2015, Arkansas, and Blues. When you mentioned. About how uh, when it was in Charlotte, it was all in Spirit Square. It was not like that in Arkansas. No, it was not. You got your steps in in Arkansas. You got, yeah. (laughs) And I got my steps in in Arkansas. So, first of all, going to Arkansas, sitting in the airport, Charlotte Douglas, it's me, Blues, and Kara. Shout out to Kara. And sitting beside us, is my man from the last, oh, last post. Yeah, that is right. That yeah. is right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So we we chat up in the lounge waiting for for the plane. Shout out to y'all for recognizing him. Uh in Cara, I think recognized him first. Um Odun? Yes. Right. Get on the plane. I'm sitting in my seat. 
here comes Blues coming to the back of the plane. <laughs> and Blues is like, hey, man, I'm sorry to do this. But this is my <laughs> I forgot city. about that. Oh, my God. Uh, Blues kicked me out of my standby seat on the plane because he was priority ahead of me. Wait a minute, so, you were already on the plane sitting? Yeah, I was up. So the, <laughs> it wasn't deliberate. It I, wasn't, didn't it wasn't I didn't know. I didn't know until I was like, oh no. <laughs> Shout out to Blues for being a man, though. Blues, Blues, Blues came and did it himself, and so I would have just had the stewards do it. So that was my first experience getting kicked off of a plane, having to wait for the next plane to go to Arkansas. So I get to Arkansas, take the van from the airport to the hotel, and we have the so fried orientation, and I'm like, I'm a walk. The GPS was like, it was like. Eight tenths of a mile, something like that. I can do that. So I go to walk from the hotel to the cultural center where the orientation is. GPS is taking me through Little Rock, Little Rock, <laughs> not tourist Little Rock. Like oh, I'm going through going the, to the hood. Houses, straight up trap houses, niggas on the damn road looking at me. I'm like, am I going to die at my first Southern fraud? And not only was it not eight tenths of a mile, it was a mile and a half. When I get there, I'm fucking pouring down in sweat. But it was awesome. Yeah. I had fun then. Southern fraud is always awesome. Yes. Yeah. All right. So what? Um, let's see. Dr. Umar Johnson. That's the answer. Dr. Umar Johnson. Hotep of the decade? Is that not the answer? <laughs> Is there another? I was about to go there. I mean, I guess that's, I guess you're right. That's sign still delivered. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe you could make a late case for TI challenging with like nah. a, with his with his views on his daughter's <laughs> checkup. He's he's still miles behind the Umar work. <laughs> Umar been putting in that hotel work for a while, a whole decade. T.I. had a blip. <laughs> right, right, right. Umar got a whole school that still ain't seen yet. What else? What else of the decade do we need to to uh, nominate? Anything else? No? Um, yo, I don't know, man. Hairline of the decade, LeBron James? <laughs> no. Oh, well, okay. Is 2020 part of the decade or is it start of the new decade? I mean, it's for technically start of the new decade, but I yeah. want to hear what you have to say. Because <laughs> we've all seen the mugshot of Trick Daddy, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he's a little late into the game, but I feel like. <laughs> but wait a minute. The mugshot was, was it taken in 2020 or released in 2020? Ah, mm. that's a great question. I think we'll, we'll go ahead and Hold consider on. this as part of the decade. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, it's off topic. I mean, oh, I'm, my God. Ooh. But when did you, like, Shit. all right. You let it go. When did your, okay, so did a, did a barber do this? Did a barber was like, yo, I hate trick. <laughs> Wait till he comes in here and I'll fuck his hairline <laughs> up. But you know what? To be honest, to be fair, if you look at it, the hairline is actually trimmed. Look at it. It is. That's what I'm trying to figure out. So, what's this patch, so, patch is missing. 
So is it is it the Beijing type joint? It's like it's like a reverse fade. <laughs> He's he fading from the crown instead of from the sides. <laughs> from the sides. I don't understand what's happening. It looks well, like it looks like a Lego piece is missing or something. Like in the words of the late great Rick James, cocaine, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Right on. <laughs> right the fuck on. Oh man. Okay. Um. Anything else of the decade? Like I'm. You know. I'm a beer drinker. What was the beer of the decade? Do y'all drink beer? No. I mean, Does I drink beer, care? but I don't. For me, it was just Blue Moon. So. Oh, you know what? Well, I like Soul too, but I don't know if it's like groundbreaking beer of the decade. But it was good. You said Soul. S O L Soul. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you, got you, got you. You thought it was like like a black beer, like S O L. Nigga, I'm drinking Soul. Nigga, it ain't nothing but Cold Forty Five. He got the the fist, the fist. What's your pick? What's your uh? What's the um, from Black Dynamite? What was the drip beer they were drinking? Uh, Y'all ever seen Black Dynamite? A long time ago. Yes. Oh, uh, damn! What did they drink? I can't remember. Ah, oh, shit! It's killing me now. Oh, it's off topic. It was. <laughs> they had a whole campaign for it. Anaconda yeah. malt liquor. Yeah, anaconda and malt liquor gives you that. Amen. <laughs> man, man. Oh man! All right. All right, let's uh let's let's change gears a little bit. All right, so uh Jay Ward wanted to get into our poetry device for this week. Yeah. So, if if we're going to have a, a a slightly serious discussion about about poetry for the for the heads we're not. that are listening. No, no, we get ridiculous, but we'll we'll start with something serious and then we'll see how it degrades. I'm going to um, get beer. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about simile uh, because number one, I think you use a lot of simile in your work, and I think everybody knows what a simile is. But I mean, a simile is kind of this similar to a metaphor in that it compares two unlike things, uh, but dissimilar to a metaphor, it uses like or as mm-hmm. um, in, in making that comparison. Um, how important do you find simile to be in your work, and what is what do you think your relationship with simile is? Um, I, I, it's probably just as important as metaphor, but like, <laughs> like, um, I guess I think it's depending on what I'm writing to, like, and who I'm writing it to, the aesthetic uh, of of who my audience is gonna be. Um, if I'm getting pagey, then it's it's probably not there. But if it's for slam, it's for a black audience and sorry to made that racial but <laughs> you know or an audience that doesn't really experience poetry all the time then sometimes they need that that spoon feeding you know uh, of that or it depends on the cadence and the rhythm of the poem um, so it, it really really just depends on who I'm talking to and what I'm working with and the subject matter because um, it could vary it could it could vary from I don't use it at all and that makes the poem complicated and dense to I use it heavy and there's a rhythm it's almost you know almost musical so it, it just really kind of depends on on where I'm going and what I'm trying to achieve with the message you know it's it's up and down yeah I um so my, my relationship with, with simile has always been <clears throat> that in my mind in terms of figure of language I always I always looked at metaphor as being a little bit more powerful than simile mm-hmm. <clears throat> however uh, I think I changed my mind about that for a few reasons. One, if you listen to like popular rap music, 
there's a lot of metaphor, but there's also a lot of simile. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of simile in hip hop. Right. Um, and then also just looking at poetry, I think uh, simile wielded in the right way is just as powerful or more powerful than metaphor. It's doing the same thing. It's just, it's just the impact of the words. So I pulled up, <clears throat> I pulled up a, a little Wayne because I think Lil Wayne uses metaphor and simile all the time. So this is from Miss Me, which is actually on Drake's album. But um, uh, getting money every day, I'm a groundhog, which is a metaphor. About to scoop your girl up like a ground ball, which is a simile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think it's it, it can be used to to great effect. Um, in both poetry and spoken word, uh, well, spoken word is poetry. In both poetry and hip hop, you know, it, it, it makes. It makes the the MC a lot more dynamic in how they can take, uh, I guess you call it a scheme in battle rap. Like you can just ride one kind of idea and right. flip it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I think I I don't know if you guys examine like battle rap would be great to to kind of break down metaphors and similes and see what what they're really into. That's, that seems like you should get Jordan Bailey in on the next one. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's funny you should say that. Because <laughs> um, I don't see, I don't watch too much battle rap, but the, the ones that I've heard, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And they're like, you know, such and such, such and such, like, da 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 da. And there's like the actual action to what they're talking about. Right. Like, that's insane. Um, and I think you can, you can get away with that in poetry sometimes, but it just really depends on what your message is, too. You know, battle rap is just, I'm just trying to destroy this other guy right next to me. So I'm going to use all of the tools. But, you know, when you're trying to craft a message, you have to plan accordingly to how you're going to use metaphor and or simile. But simile is a great work. I mean, you just, you really got to know what you're doing with it. Because it can, it can, it can hurt. It can, it can get away from you. Yeah, it can get, it can get away from you. It can get away from you, and then shit don't make no sense. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out to the poets who be saying wild shit and be like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm a yeah. comparison like a simile. Your love is like seven harmonicas cast down from heaven. I hear you in every vibration like, mm, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, like, what are you talking about, bro? Jamal's hair is like a desert. Oh... Are you saying that, and that draw it doesn't is, grow anymore? <laughs> <laughs> it does not. It hasn't since twenty three. You know, uh, one of the great poets, Muhammad Ali, he used a lot of simile. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. So, so here's the thing: would would Muhammad Ali be be this decade's rupee? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that is. That's and you great, don't hate Muhammad Ali. And you don't hate Muhammad. Stop hating on like, me. Like he just—he was just saying shit. <laughs> he was just saying it. He was just saying it's shit. simple. It's identifiable. It's relatable. Right. You know. And people got it. People who didn't under. Yeah, I get it. But that's yeah. that's uh, that's a. Uh, <laughs> we came to a now you see now you see her differently right. now you see her differently uh, I'm I'm gonna read uh, from Kevin Young who's one of the greatest living poets I I think right now and it was reading one of his books that I was kind of like wow simile can be like really powerful so I'm I'm gonna read an excerpt from here because the way he uses simile here I don't know if you'll be able to hear it the way I read it or not but the simile works with both the preceding line and the the line that it's actually in just because of the way the line breaks are done. Um, 
So this is uh, Ode to Gumbo. I know gumbo starts with sorrow, with hands that cannot wait but must, with okra and a slow boil and things that cannot be taught like grace. Done right, gumbo lasts for days. Done right, it will feed you and not let go like grief. You can eat and eat and still plenty left. Food of the saints, gumbo will outlast even us like pity. You will curse it and still hope for the wing of chicken bobbed up from below. Like God, gumbo is hard to get right. And I don't bother asking for it outside my mother's house. Like life, there's no one way to do it. And a hundred ways from here to Sunday to get it dead wrong. Damn. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's dope. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think looking at that, I was like, wow, similes can be really powerful. Yeah. Depending how you choose to use it. Like, it's, it's got to be it's got to be intentional. It's, yeah. And it was definitely intentional in that um, that that's. I don't I don't have any words. <laughs> Uh, what's the name of the book? Is that an anthology? Blue or? Laws. This is kind of an anthology. This is Blue Laws, and it's a selected work of collected poems from him. Let's all see. from from, all from Kevin Young. For it's twenty years, nineteen ninety five to two thousand fifteen. Um, but yeah, and any any of Kevin's work, it's it's really amazing. I want to I want to let's let's all wrap up on a point. I want to wrap up on this point. I want to go back to the idea of the difference between a team member and a friend. Uh, in terms of who you bring along, mm. I want to go back and I was listening. I was listening to the Rap Radar interview with Drake this week, and it made me think about this. Um, on Stay Scheming, <laughs> Drake says of uh, of Kobe's you know wife who who might have been his ex wife depending on how things went. He was like uh, Kobe about to lose uh, 150 M's. I hate it. You know, I hate it had to be him. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym. <laughs> How you entitled to this money? You wasn't shooting with me in the gym, right? Uh, so, like this this idea of yes, this is a friendship, but like, do I really do I really owe you to put you on if you're not also working to be put on? I guess it depends on at what point were we friends. If if you were with me when I had zero and we were both struggling, like. I ain't have shit. You ain't have shit. And you were breaking your back to help me out. And you were breaking your back to help me get my dream popping. Then there might be some sort of like, yo, I ain't looking for a whole bunch. Just don't let me, don't leave me out here looking crazy in the streets. Uh, versus, you know, I, you know, I've always kind of doubted you, but now that you want to pop in, you know what I'm saying? I'm with you, my nigga. I got your back. Like, mm, nah, you nah. wasn't with me when I was shooting in the gym. Because shooting in the gym could also be like the dude who's grabbing those rebounds and throwing the ball back at you. Right. You could be that person. You know, Drake might, you know, Jake had to get it in for the sake of some music. But, you know, we don't know who's in the gym with you while you're shooting. I mean, I mean, I, I think between friendship and, and just teammates yeah. there has to be there, there could be a, a, a semblance of both just depending on who is really there for you helping you work to get where you where you're going 
be down for who you're going to be down for, but make sure that you're putting in the same work that they're putting in for. You got to be, you got to be a bigger fan of your friend who's an artist than the artist themselves. I got to be a bigger fan of Jay Ward. I got to be going harder for Jay Ward than Jay Ward's going hard for himself. Right. To the point where it scares him like, yo, this motherfucker's fanatic. Nah, I just believe in you that much. And again, when you win, it'll be a victory for me because I know how dope you are. We appreciate you, Blues. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Just so y'all know, I didn't get to do my freestyle part, but I'm coming back. Do, do, do. All right. Just so people are clear, this is my second attempt at this. I am going to uh, freestyle for you all. So if that's okay and sufficient with you, then I will drop it on the one. They said wait for the beat to drop. I'm like, all right, man, I'm about to spit something so hot. Oh, I think Jamal forgot to tune me in on the last one. So now he's got me plugged in number one or number two. I don't know. I'm number two on you cats because you do do shitty. Guaranteed I'm running up the city, the Queen City, Charlotte. S-H-I-R-L-I-L-I-T-I. Okay, fucked up the whole spelling on that thing. Guaranteed I'm about to bring it back. Yo, I'm about to gang and bang. I don't gang bang. The only gang I run in is get along. Guaranteed suckers better run along. Yo, about to sing a song, yeah, like my name is Andre Three Stacks Guaranteed I take you way back, yo, I lean back, huh, lean back Like your name was Fat Joe, you cracked up, guaranteed your mama's up Whoa, didn't mean to disrespect your mama just like that I guaranteed I'm about to blow on this right here track Yo, hope and believe, inspire everything I see Guaranteed I'm sitting here, here with my man JC I heard Toya call him that earlier today, I thought it was cute Them two gonna stay married forever I don't mean to get inside this nigga's business, but guaranteed I'm about to give you suckers all about the business. Um, yo, I keep my physical fitness tight. I'm guaranteed this freestyle, nah, it's never right, never right or wrong. I'm guaranteed to rap along. I'm about to do some gangster shit right here on the song. Yo, woke up quick around noon. Just thought, man, I gotta be in Charlotte soon. I caught my Glock back. I hopped in the Glock with Junius. Guaranteed, yo, me and him, we about to do this. Spray up the block, spray up the block, hit you niggas. Guaranteed, yo, I'm quick to pull the fucking trigger. What? No, don't cut my beat. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Don't you ever cut my beat again, son? Yo, listen. Timberland to the neck, knife to the gut. I'm guaranteed you're getting fucked up. It's the 40 plus gangsters out here, son. You don't want any of it. You don't want none of the 40 plus gangsters. Listen, we drop our daughters off at school and then we go to the trap house. You know what I'm saying, yo? I pay for college tuition and I rob banks, nigga. You know how many people I killed just last 30 minutes? 47. I'm a murderer. But I also go to church on Sundays. I'm not to be fucked with. Shouts out to the whole poetry community. Peace and love. Stop the war in Iran and Iraq. I got you. But also, kill as many niggas as you can. <laughs> yeah. Is this on? Yeah. You got it? Recording. Yes. I have no idea. <laughs> I asked Jamal to play it again He messed it up, but I could never say it again So let me move on Now, I'm about to get intimate This is youth enticing ladies, but I'm loving only women Yo, uh, and that's the name and the alter ego This where we go when we flow And I know I'm your hero Not six, not six, six The Trey six, the six god Drake coming through in the six card You don't know what I'm doing when I'm about to pull the whole thing I step back and take the whole I don't even know Ah, I can't do it. Let's see. Oh, come on, man. Uh, you was in the pocket. Yo, you were. Yo, hit him with the eye pop shit again. Fuck. 
first things first, I pop a time traveling, I'm the doctor, pull out the screw face, the sonic screwdriver, if you see what I'm doing, my saliva get lava, the volcano lava, yo, I spit fire every single day I'm on, you don't know what I'm saying when I'm on the song, cause I'm just ahead of my time, ahead of the rhyme, and I snort cocaine, I'm ahead of the line, three bars when I cut it up, nice, not the soap kind, I ain't talk about that, it's the dope rhyme, yeah, I pull it up in the packet, yeah, I'm on a street swagger jacket, and I, I swerve out the lane, you don't know what I got or what I'm saying, and it's just too plain, plain like plain Jane, but I still take her home and ask her what's my name, say my name, uh, yeah. <laughs> Shut all that shit down. Alright, let's see. Um turn my headphones up. Turn my motherfucking headphones up. Louder, louder. It's the truth back on the mic, niggas got shit. This is some bullshit. Okay, okay, let me start over, let me start over. Okay, okay, here it goes. I got it, I got it this time, I got it this time. Mike Ripper. Oh shit, I'm off, fuck. Okay, alright. Wait, wait. Okay, okay, hold on, I gotta catch the beat, hold on, hold on. Nope, that's not it, nope, nope. Alright, well, and that, boys and girls, was uh, me freestyling. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah.